Jess. What? Did did you? What kind of coffee did you grow up with as a as a kid? What kind of coffee? Yeah. Did your well, parents I'm, drink coffee? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, boy, I think I might have been. I might have been just a gold classic Folgers. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Like. Yeah, just straight Folgers. I mean, my parents were coffee drinkers, but. But Folgers coffee drinkers. I just like it. Just didn't matter. Was it coffee? Give me coffee. <laughs> Today it's like, oh, where were the beans roasted? Are they are they shade grown? <laughs> Is that a thing? Shade. Oh grown? yeah, shade grown organic beans. Best best for you. Because you're not getting the sun. I don't exactly know why. My thought when I heard. My acupuncturist tell me this. Was okay, that, there we go. <laughs> was that it was uh, my guess in my mind? I, I haven't looked this up. Is that uh-huh. it's because of maybe chemical spray or something? Um, but maybe if you have these, if you're doing shade grown, you're probably more in a more controlled environment. Whereas if ah. you're just kind of growing in the wild, you might spray for bugs. Um, so I that was my <laughs> impression. I don't know if that's the reason. But there is something about shade-grown organic that is less toxic to your body, that I know. So we do ascribe to the theory then that coffee is toxic to us. Is that what, you, what you're saying? Well, is I think it toxic just, to us? No, I think just the way that any vegetable or fruit that you would eat that's sprayed with pesticides or chemicals is toxic to you. I see. So, but then hopefully if you're drinking an, an organic coffee bean derivative, then you should be avoiding the majority of that, right? Well, it, it depends on how it's grown. I think probably part of the problem is is that like if you spray your apples with pesticide, you can wash your apple off before you eat it. Um, it's still going into the soil, though. I think that's like part of it. Like, like... If you're spraying for pesticides, no, think about it. I know. I know. I just love that we're like, we're just like guessing at something that's a science <laughs> that you could just, you could just Google and it would tell you the answer. But we're like, no, let's just think about it for a second. <laughs> that's the great, that's the great podcast uh, <laughs> theory. It's how, it's how a podcast is done. I, from what I understand, if you're doing organic, it is sans pesticides. So, you know, that's why you might have a fucking, uh, caterpillar in your spring salad mix because there's no pesticide yes so that's that's a good yes. thing and yes you could wash an apple off for like the topical poison but who's to say that it doesn't go it's got to go into the soil and okay look so there's so so my no, my okay, hypothesis is, is probably not <laughs> correct it's basically so there's something to do with the shade the fact that sun isn't too intense on the bean i don't know that's what i that's what my hypothesis is. now we're talking about like a minute f- amount of toxicity i'm guessing or like you would only need this much thought going into it if you were trying to make uh physiological changes inside your body that you probably don't need on a day-to-day basis yeah 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 it's, or we should all be drinking <laughs> shade grown. Uh, and Folgers has killed a generation. We don't know. It's possible. Well, I don't know. My grandmother, who had dementia to be so like on one side had dementia, lived till 95 and drank black coffee every day and wine. So I don't know. Like she also had margarine, which is 
linked to dementia or Alzheimer's, those kind of saturated fats. But she did. She lived <laughs> to to what to what end? I'm not <laughs> really sure. I would look at her every morning, going, "What's the point? What's the fucking point?" But then I realized the point was for us to learn <laughs> what what our lives could be. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were some profound it's learning profound. experience, but. It's pro- Listen, because we want to have point like points your to own, our lives. Right? Your own mortality and potential suffering is it, what really we were suffering with her alive, dude. <laughs> she, <laughs> it was fucking, it was brutal when she was awake. <laughs> I still have, <laughs> I still have dreams <laughs> to this day where she wakes, she comes back from the dead. <laughs> She's like, you know what? I'm actually not dead, and I'm gonna terrorize you for another. And we're just like waiting until she dies again. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I, I didn't know. know. That's intense. Uh, it's a whole nother story. It's a, it's a one-woman play. It's all sorts of things. Oh. So, so yeah, we were Folgers kids. I, I didn't start drinking coffee until Starbucks, though. Or actually, actually, that's not true. Baskin-Robbins had a Jamocha thing, or like a, like the first Frappuccino type of thing. Like, like almost like a chocolate mocha uh slushy shake oh so like you were getting hooked to coffee with all the sugar and everyone talks about starbucks doing that but baskin robbins motherfucking had a chocolate ice cream coffee shake it was insane it was so good (laughs) now i was a i was a coffee house kid though um, oh, like you, that's what you did in the 90s is go hang out at coffee houses? I would go do my homework at coffee houses oh. in high school, mm. starting in high school. And um, uh, was your part of Texas a strong purveyor of good coffee houses? Or I mean, no, I didn't, but I didn't. <laughs> El Paso, Texas is not necessarily known for coffee houses. Though they did have a couple, they did have one. There was one that was like a real actual coffee house uh, down, by, down by the university. And I'd go there. I think it was called Dolce Vita. I want to say that was the name of it. Dolce Vita. Sometimes they'd have, you know, acoustic um, singer-songwriters come in and sing songs. So there was a little bit of something going on there. But I just was always somebody who, you know, I I guess I got started on coffee young. Have a cup of coffee and do my work. Yeah. Uh, Even in college. And this is all before Starbucks. Right? So... Which is interesting. Kind of. No, it's before Starbucks. I mean, I don't know when Starbucks started, but. You graduated uh, what? You were the the hoes of 95, right? No, no, no. We were the the bitches of 96s. Oh. (laughs) Um, No, Starbucks may have been a thing in Seattle, but uh, at that time. I just remember in the 90s. My mother going, Starbucks is coming to, to to Chatsworth. I get to go do that with my friends. Like she, like my mom didn't have a social life, so I was like, yeah, right, Patty. But she was thrilled that Starbucks was coming, and that was mid nineties. Uh, well, you're in Los Angeles, so oh, yeah. I'm just trying. I have no good gauge of time and when anything's happening anyway. So I thought Starbucks didn't happen until around the two thousands, and that's just not the case. Well, let me, I'm just, okay, boy, I'm on their website now, and there's a lot of information about their history. Mm-hmm. By 1996, we would cross the Pacific to open our first store in Japan. 
Okay, so by 96, they're opening in Japan. But you just said you were doing this in high school, so it would make sense that if you guys, like, don't have a Starbucks on every corner, you're going to go to a different coffee house. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I also remember, like, and maybe, I mean, there definitely wasn't a Starbucks in El Paso at that time, unless, not on my side of town. Um, and I'm trying to think about in college, I went, I still went to coffee houses all the time, never went to a Starbucks. Really? Maybe yeah, eventually. Maybe eventually, like, I definitely, maybe I would never go there to do work. Never, ever. Uh, so if there was a Starbucks, maybe I went and picked up a cup of coffee or something. Or like, didn't, was it, wasn't it a socializing thing for you guys? No. I went, so, you know, you know where I went? I went, it was one of the few that was late night. Um, so I don't know, it wasn't 24 hour, but it would go, you know, well past midnight. Because I'm a, I'm a night nighttime worker, especially when you're in the theater and you're majoring in theater. And you get out of rehearsal at 10 p.m. Mm. You got to go get work done. Mm-hmm. Um I'm looking at your face, and you're. I think maybe you're laughing at me, but it's okay. I, no, I I relate and laughing at you. Okay, like, great. I mean, also was. I mean, I was so yeah. It's just so stereotypical. You know, I had my cup of coffee. That's kind of what I'm laughing at. It's it's like it's and, it's the world that we all like. I was laughing at how proud of yourself that you were that person, but it's so commonplace when you're an actor to be that person, but it's also so wonderful to be that person. It was like so many layers of like, fucking, I, I would live that life forever. Just like, fuck it, have a beer, drink coffee, like everything. After theater, oh, it's the best. <laughs> and then you grow up and you're... And you're miserable yeah. and up till two and you ask yourself why. Uh, so anyways, that was, do you, do you remember Stir Crazy? It's on La Brea. Oh no, it's, it's just off La Brea. It's just, it's on Melrose. Um, so a little uh, contextual info. We were, since I was from the Valley, we didn't ever cross over You didn't come hill. over the hill. Yeah, yeah not until, it wasn't until I was out of high school that I started like hanging out on the east side. This is also during a time when, when I was told that, you know, going over the hill, going to the Valley... It was Valley is where dreams go to die. Was the, yep. was the, <laughs> why do you think you'll never catch me dead there? Like there are people that we know mutually that are, that moved to the Valley. And I'm like, don't say it. <laughs> Good for them. Be happy. They're saving money. <laughs> you know, cause it's, it's, it's all a mindset, but it's, but Chatsworth part of the Valley is as one horse, literally one horse town as it can get in any suburbia in in the country, you know. Yeah, well, Chatsworth is even, like, further than the valley. It's still Los Angeles County, but... <laughs> but Chatsworth is, the, like, Chatsworth. Chatsworth. You're going to go to Chatsworth? Okay. All right, pack a bag. <laughs> it's so true. I live there now. <laughs> Why do you think my grandmother died <laughs> of, of dementia? She's like, I fucking hate this place. Anyway... Oh, there's so much. Uh, we could actually have a whole episode about Chatsworth uh, because of the Santa Susana, Rockadine meltdown. Um, it's just, it's actually a fascinating little piece of valley. It's a whole, uh, another time, though. <laughs> the coffee shops of Chatsworth. There were okay, yeah, there were not coffee shops. Well, and it was okay. Carry on. I wanted to. Uh, we're listening to you talk. Well, you know, whatever. All basically I was saying was that 
I was that stereotypical. This is also with no laptops either, right? So this is like so you like writing pen and pen and journal with it, you know, or whatever. Um, Were you also like writing a screenplays on the side? No, no, no. I was I was focused on acting. I was reading plays, taking notes. You know, those that that type of deep work. You know. Answer. Riddle me this. How many chicks came up to you and were like, oh, my God, what are you working on? Um, zero. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a really, that's not really what happens at a coffee shop. Don't I don't know what coffee it. shops you go to. No one no one came up to me and did that. Like, I always wish that would happen. Like, you didn't buy a coffee for somebody. Like, oh, my God, here's Jennifer. Let me go buy her coffee. <laughs> well, they were different. It was different. Yeah, I, just, I was just saying, It's. I think it's interesting that like what at least in LA like what makes a coffee shop in LA is like how sleek it is and um you know whereas back in the day it was like how homey is it you know mm-hmm. does it got that that old couch that people it didn't you know that like every butt has sat on for years and years you know yeah um you know more more just kind of earthy and now things are a little bit more slick I'm sure in different places it's you know yeah there's there was definitely like I, I played my fair share of like open mics and there was some, you know, it's especially in the Valley, like homey esque, uh, you know, wood paneling, <laughs> uh, little too old coffee houses. Uh, there's actually one in Silver Lake that still got that, like, it's like a nineties remnant and, and it's the best coffee out there, you know, which, which one Silver Lake coffee. Oh, it's just straight up. I, I was going to the, a dentist by there, so I was like, oh, let me just go. It's great coffee, not, you know, nothing showy about it, and just good coffee. And then a lot of the specializing coffee, like, I find is too bitter. And, like, the sleek places, I, I, don't, I don't feel like I can, I, I don't, I don't, I never studied too much at a coffee house. I did when I was, like, living really close to one. I, like, would walk down to this place in Echo Park and look really cool with my iced latte. But, but Starbucks and stuff like that from in high school and college, quote unquote, because I hardly went, was for like smoking cigarettes and hanging out after, after plays and stuff. Oh, crazy! Yeah, I guess. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, we'd hang. There was one. There was one twenty-four hour Starbucks for a while in Sherman Oaks, and we'd hang out there all night. Um, that or like a hookah bar. And then, oh, the hookah bar. Don't even get me started on these hookah bars. You're back in town, so we're going to have to go. <laughs> but the, I, that's a generational thing. And now look, I'm Middle Eastern. I love a hookah. I mean, give me a hookah all day. But I'm not going, I don't, I'm not looking to go. To, I've never seen more Middle Eastern on your face. Like, <laughs> I'll teach you how to smoke a hookah. But to go to a hookah bar, it just, it's for some reason, it doesn't quite click for me. But I know that like a lot of people in your peer group, I have heard because I know a lot of your friends. Oh yeah, like hookahs. They like hookah bars, and I'm like, oh wait, this is a thing. I think there was a bit of a thing for your generation to go to hookah bars. There still is this like one hub on Ventura Boulevard, like down past, like a next to a Lemley Theater that everyone still goes to, and you get like a. It's like. Get whatever kind of fucking hookah you want. Uh, no alcohol, I don't believe. And like lounge chairs and honey dipped uh, fried things and you get the tea. So it's like, it's really, I know, it's just, 
it's like a whole thing. I, I remember, I remember like, this is how big of a deal it was. Uh, well, not big of a deal it was. It's like how like universal language everyone did this kind of thing. I'd gone on a date with a guy who asked me out at my work. And it was like literally my first adult date. And then we made out and I didn't like him. I didn't know how to stop making out with him. It was, we were in the middle of a movie theater. I felt trapped. I just didn't know. He wasn't, it wasn't gross. I just wasn't telling him, actually, I'm not interested. I just didn't, I didn't want to hurt his feelings. <laughs> so, you know, because girls are dumb and we just think that we have to protect men's feelings. It's really, it's a, that's another thing to unpack another time. But anyway, I had like ghosted him. I wasn't like talking to him. And I was like afraid to go out, even though this was, on the other side of town, completely from where we had gone on a date. He was fucking there when we all went to the hookah bar. And, like, actively avoided his text two hours earlier, or maybe earlier in the day. And he was there. I was like, of course this motherfucker is here. Like, that's... And, and it's like, I hadn't been there any... I hadn't been at the hookah bar in a year. And that's... Everyone goes... Like, my brother still goes. My brother had a, had hookahs. And he's... 10 years younger than me. It is like this rite of passions where we are like, oh, instead of smoking cigarettes, I'll smoke hookah, which is not better for you. <laughs> but Well, actually, it is better. Well, you're inhaling a lot of smoke. You're inhaling a lot of smoke, but it, you're at least inhaling filtered smoke and you're mm -hmm. inhaling higher quality tobacco that doesn't have as much chemicals in it. Unless it's flavored. Well, I don't know how the flavoring works. I guess it depends on what tobacco you're getting, whether it's... The, how that flavor I mean, is. everyone's drinking fucking bubblegum raspberry flavors, you know, like... Oh, it's, disgusting. Come I, on, people. I understand. I understand. You are shaming the hookah. What, do you, what, do, what flavor do you use? Mint and regular. Ooh, really? <laughs> Pretty much Ooh. it. For Ooh, me, that but. sounds great. No, sometimes I think I would maybe do like an apple or something, sure. A little... You cannot shame people then. <laughs> that is fucking fruit. <laughs> yeah, but it's not bubblegum whatever you said. Well, yeah, but this it, it does it's not surprising that these, you know, fruity asshole flavors then get translated into like watermelon jolly rancher vapes, you know. Like I know, but that's when it crosses a line. See there's some I understand I'm not flavors. saying I'm not saying it's a good thing. I would if we were smoking something sweet like that, I'd be sick to my fucking stomach. I get it. I just but like no one knew. All right, I'm cutting this conversation off. We're done here. No, we're, why? We're, well, no, because we had to talk about our. Let's talk about soap. <laughs> no, there's so much to talk about now on this subject alone. Oh man, well, I do think it's fascinating. There's two things. We'll wrap mm. it up. The, the, I know. I want to keep on talking forever. The the uh, we'll wrap up this discussion. I don't but want the, to. The evolution of the coffee shop experience is fascinating because and being somebody who has been a, a coffee shop person for a long time i've never been the the sort of screenwriter the la cliche screenwriter right laptop the guy person. who accidentally leaves his script on the table or something <laughs> <Yeah>. like that <laughs> um but i have been working in coffee shops since high school god early in high school too oh so Crazy. you were actually working in one that's fascinating not, not working in one but Doing my homework. In. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, and and then the cultural thing of the hookah bar, which I just still don't quite understand. And I, I just, I don't, I, I get it and I don't get it. But it's like, I'll go to a hookah lounge where people are having some hookahs in proximity to each other. That's it's a nice atmosphere. But the hookah, there's a hookah bar experience that yeah, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, there was one by CSUN that we went to and to watch our friends Atma, the band, play. Um, I haven't been to one in quite some time, but my brother was like, hey, we're going to the hookah bar. Or not like inviting me. He was just telling me he and, him and his friends are going. I was like, I wish I was going. It sounds great. Like, I don't know. Uh, I Although here's uh, here's my history briefly with coffee. Besides being a Folgers family, I don't think my dad drank coffee really I think he, if he did, it was, like, sweet. My mom was, like, coffee all day. He, my dad's father was a roaster for a while. Mm. So I remember going to, like, Jersey or when he moved out into L.A., like, understanding the smell of the roasted bean at a young age. Is that, like, that's some sort of euphemism somehow. <laughs> the oh. smell of the roasted bean. I sure, am, sure, yeah. I am yeah. not proud of that one. Uh I That's not why I was laughing, but sure, yes. It's, I it's, understand. It's, you can make a lot of things a euphemism. Yes, but yes. Understood. I'd rather be in control of the euphemism, though. Uh, so, you know, I didn't have, like, a connoisseur taste for coffee at all. And I don't know that I still do, but I. it's not in literally until this last year do I know what I like in coffee and what I don't like in coffee. Uh, I did work at a coffee house in between jobs. And I, like, we got the beans roasted and, ha- like, given to us. But, like, I had to learn to grind. And I had to pretend I knew what this Guatemalan bean was as opposed to this Italian bean. And so, like, I had – there's a couple times where I, my acting has really served me in bullshitting, like, being a sommelier kind of for rest- for restaurants. Like, this is a wonderful red. Why don't you try it? You know? And then grinding the bean properly for people, which is another euphemism. Uh <laughs> That one's a little bit better. Yeah, that's uh, a good one. A little more, little less shocking. <laughs> so, so yeah, there's just think coffee's one of those interesting. I, I love that we got to hookah on that, on that <laughs> topic, based because it's it, they're they're both stimulants, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but I think hookah is it's hookah for me. I guess it's technically a stimulant. Again, I don't know how. I don't know how you kids are using it these days, you know. You're so old. For, uh, for, for, for us, it was just about like a nice, relaxing, social, you know. And it's not not that, but I think yeah. someone decided to capitalize on it, right? But yeah. like, that's why instead of going to the hookah lounge, my brother in, my, in the den of our house bought these awesome hookahs and had everyone come to his house to do that. You know, you listen go. to music and he was like, he was a connoisseur. He was like charring the coals, you know, and turning them <laughs> over and <laughs> cleaning out, cleaning out the pipe and shit. <laughs> oh, man. Now, does, does he ever, did he ever sprinkle on top? You mean weed? Mm-hmm. Uh, he wasn't a weed kid. He had, um, and we didn't either, because I, I don't know that I was a pot smoker heavily at the time. And you couldn't at the, like, the bars. Yeah. I remember... Being 17, though, and my friend bringing her hookah over and burning my carpet. <laughs> like, we're like, we could smoke hookah. <laughs> and, like, not telling our parents. And that, that didn't go well. But he, but the youngest brother, the one that had the hookah and all that, um, first couple times he smoked weed, he had, like, horrible psychedelic trips. Like, mm. or, like, psychosis trips where he's like, I want to kill myself. Or, like, it just was not a good interaction with him. So I don't, that was not, like, what his friend group necessarily did. Which, which I was grateful for, because you make a little bit less mistakes when you're like high. You make a little, you make a little less mistakes when you're not high all the time. 
Yeah, I was going to say. A little more motivated, I should say. A little right. at, at a young age, you're a little more motivated. <sighs> and with that, I'm going to refill my coffee, and then we're going to talk about soaps. Great. Great. Nick. Mm-hmm. What it? <sighs> <laughs> If you had a coffee-smelling soap, would you like that? Oh, no. That's one of the things about <laughs> coffee that is not good is, is, is the smell, like, you know, what it does to your breath and what it does to your sweat. No, no, you don't want coffee. Oh, yeah, that's fair. I guess uh, if you wanted the, the smell of coffee being made, certainly, sure. That but smell. Right? Because coffee doesn't taste like it smells, right? It just doesn't. No, yeah, it does not have the same. It does. It's not the same exact thing. You have to, like, convince yourself that you're drinking something that you smelled. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't work. What, what kind of... Has someone ever, like, just completely got your attention by the way that they smelled? Oh, sure. There is a... There's a perfume out there, or maybe a smell that maybe multiple perfumes kind of emulate or whatever, that reminds me of like an early childhood crush or, or, or you know, I think or relationship. Um, that when I smell it, it it's, yeah. And I'm like, what is that? Oh, <laughs> she's the every, one. <laughs> every now and then. It's the weirdest thing that I smell, that I have that sort of like, there's this one one perfume. Generally, I don't really like perfume very much. or Right, and you, we've talked about that before. That well, yeah, because don't fucking say the same thing ever again, twice, please. Um, <laughs> but I think that's why I love bubbles and uh, things, soaps, because not only are the smells great, and we've said this before, but like the designs are, are beautiful and quirky and cool. So she puts a lot of attention into making sure the smells aren't overwhelming, like you're enjoying it while you're, like, washing yourself, right? But, like, it, it will stick with you, but not in, like, the, oh, God, I can't believe that person is patchouli, you know? <laughs> I'm just thinking about trying to connect it back to hookah. <laughs> patchouli gets you back to hookah? I don't know. It was so racist. <laughs> I didn't mean to be. <laughs> I don't know if it's racist. Is it racist? I feel like no. people complain about patchouli. Well, who's wearing the patchouli? I guess there's a lot. You know, you could be talking about hippies. That's Hi true. Hippies love That's their true. patchouli. Um, but no. you, but like also as you're cleansing yourself, you could just admire the design, or it could look like the shining wallpaper if you wanted to. Like we're coming up into the Halloween season, and she does a great line of Halloween. Uh, could she make a soap that that looked like a cup of coffee? Ooh. To match your smelling like a cup of coffee. I don't want to, but sure. Like and then you're in the morning, you're just rub, you're just washing yourself with it, and you're sm- and you're and you're waking up. Let's be real. I'm not. I'm not gonna take a shower that often. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's like a Folgers smell. Ooh, it's not like Folgers is a bad coffee, right? It's just not. It's the best part of waking up. They're not paying us. Don't do it. <laughs> Folgers in your cup. Uh, anyway, go to Bubbles and Soaps. 
Bubblesandthingssoaps.com. You can get amazing soaps if you use the YDK Nick, uh, you know, code at, at checkout. And also naming your little geek is on that shop. You don't get a discount on that. But believe me, the quality is worth it where you don't want to have a discount on that book. <laughs> Nick, mm-hmm. if you had to guess what we we're going to talk about today, what do you think it would be about? Is it something going on in the world? Is it um, the trouble in Afghanistan, Ooh. the natural disasters in Haiti? The, oh, no, no. The general I, climate fuck that disaster shit. <laughs> that we're going through? It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter at all. We're going to talk about Bill and Monica. Bill and Monica? Lewinsky? Yeah. Oh. All right. That's generational. It's very generational. Uh, it was, it's been showing up in a lot of the things I've been watching lately. And I believe there is a TV show named Monica that is on its way out. Mm. Uh, let's just double check that. I should have done this before. Or, yeah, I'll, I'll look it up. But I've, I saw like a poster for it. Um, and I've been watching a few, uh, shall we say Patrick Dempsey movies lately, <laughs> like on a Patrick Dempsey, uh, kick. And mm-hmm. the one I watched was Made of Honor and it was, I think it took place in 2008 or 1998. 1998 was the scandal, oh, right? Oh, uh, the, uh. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, ten years right. later is when the move, when the thing happens, when the movie happens. But in the, uh, there's a flashback or like the beginning of the movie is he's walking around as Bill Clinton and he's saying hello to all these Monicas, Monica, Monica, Monica. You know, because it's Halloween and everyone's dressing up <laughs> like Monica and Bill, and uh, he gets into the wrong bed after a Monica told him to meet him in her room or her dorm room. And he and she meets he meets actually the one he's supposed to be with, but he won't know it for another ten years. But it's like such a it's such a cultural thing. Even ten years later, you know, people could put that in a movie, and it was relatable, mm-hmm. right? Oh, it was, oh, it was big, yeah. So what my curiosity in talking about it was, uh, I was very young when it was happening. But it still was a big deal. And we actually, like, I wonder if it, like, accelerated me learning about certain sexual things that I didn't know about. And I'm curious what the experience was for you at your age when that was going on. Oh, well, you're more, what your statement you just said is more curious than for me. I mean, I Oh, I we'll get to mine, but I, I just, oh, because it, because. Oh, I know, I'm just saying. I mean, that's, that's fascinating. Yeah. Because uh, I guess for me it was, uh. I was in college, right? So what did I think of it? I think it was like, you know, I think I think it was like, well, yeah, we all know those types of things happened and he got caught. And then it was like, oh, they're going to impeach him for this? We're like, isn't this just a known thing? And 
I don't know if this, look, this is, this is not to say that that point of view is correct or whatever. Or how, I don't even know how I feel about that point of view now. But I think that was the point of view of the time um, for me and, and probably a lot of, you know, a lot of my peers. Um, and, and at the same time, you know, I think under, I think I had an understanding of like how difficult that must have been for Monica. Um, but yeah. Cause well, yet, yeah. Cause it was being made fun of so much. She was being made fun of like, was it like when your friends are talking about it, right? So like 98 is when the trial happens or something. Cause like she worked for him in 95 to 96. Who, who wanted to fucking get him so bad that they like, brought this to light you know like someone had to have unearthed it to like destroy him that's not necessarily what i'm trying to get at it's more like she you're right that she was humiliated but everyone was like making jokes about them at least that was my experience yeah well it's just kind of one of the things about being in the public eye right and and you know and the assumptions that you might make about well I, you know, it was, I don't remember all the specifics of the situation, but my remembrance is that it was consensual, at least at the time when they were doing it. Right. So you're like, well, these are two adults making choices. And now it's coming to light that, you know, a person, you know, that, that infidelity is now going to be um, decided whether or not somebody should be impeached, you know? Um but as you, but you're dragging, you know, you're dragging it through the public eye with, at the highest levels, you know, everybody, of course it's going to, that's the biggest topic to talk, you know, that's the biggest thing to talk about. So everybody's telling jokes about it, talking about it, having an opinion about it, you know, and then the more details you get, you're like, give us the juicy stuff. Ooh, the cigar. Yeah, that's a good one, which is pretty crazy. I mean, it's fucking crazy. But then you think, like, and then you're like, go like, oh, what's that like to be in that world, right? You're the the president having an affair with the intern. Um, I mean, she, uh, who was Dave Chappelle said it best. She just wanted to fuck somebody powerful, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like we all have one dick we regret, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and you know, she's we we women can get caught up in like the allure of power like there's there is a a, 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 almost like a distinguishable meter of an unattractive man becomes can become more attractive to women the more money they have and the more stability they have or like even if they're married they become more attractive so like if a guy's like oh i don't i have a i drive a beater car i don't have a job and i live at home you're, we're, if you weren't a good-looking male, we're probably not going to be that interested in you. But as you curry more social status or, like, can prove that you're going to provide for a child, which is probably the biological thing going on, you can be he can be more attractive. And he wasn't an unattractive man, but he had a lot of swagger, right? But No, he's a good-looking man, yeah. You think so? I guess. That age? I guess, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I like to say he's, like, a stud. But he's not unattractive. He's tall. He's, you know, in shape. Right. And he's got a nice face. Sure. There you go. Ah, shit. She was 21 when they first met. 
But it's the it's the president of the United States. Oh, dude, you fuck that man. You fuck him. I'm not right? saying you don't. Why I'm not, not? I'm not holding anything against her. I mean, maybe I would fuck him. I'd be like, you know what? I'm not. I don't really swing that way. But you are the president of the United States. And I if this really... is going to save our country, <laughs> then <laughs> I think but, therein lies. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to qualify no, no, no. that statement too, because I basically said, I, "You'd if let him." A, I, a- I basically said, "Well, I'd say I'd let I'd, I'd I'd fuck the president." But let's be clear: I wouldn't do that with any president. All right? Uh, there's some unattractive. I wouldn't. There's some unattractive presidents out there. Oh, so it's not whether they're Republican or Democrat. It's if they're good looking or not. Yeah, but you. But if you think about it, generally. Democrats are better looking than the Republicans. It's because they're smarmy and fucking charming as fuck, usually. Because they're the president for the people. I guess so. Name the last Republican president that you would fuck. Reagan, right? Even though... But he was an actor. Exactly. And I'm not saying... I don't want to fuck Reagan politically, you know, because of his political choices. I would fuck Reagan because he's... I'm just saying you're an intern. You're working at the White House. I'd fuck Reagan for sure. Yeah. I'd be like, yes, sir. Let's do it. Drugs are bad. Let's, you know what I mean? No. <laughs> I'd look Would back. you have fucked George Bush? Potentially. Potent, right? Maybe. I mean, yeah, look. He's got, the, whatever he's you got the frat boy shit going on, you know? You know, and that sort of Texas. <laughs> well. You know. Yeah. And I was technically a Republican at the time. And I was very, I was 18. I voted for him. I could vote for him. But I was being raised that way. How dare uh, you? I know. How dare you? How dare I be honest and share my truth? Um, I can't paint for Bob Dole. I was raised Republican. Did you know? You, do you know who I wanted when uh, it was time for Bill? I wanted uh, Ross Perot. <laughs> that's, that's, these- that's deep Texas. That's you going. You can- <laughs> they had this whole joke about him on the the SNL version of Nickelodeon's SNL version of a skit show called All That. And this little, this young girl would play Ross Perot holding bags of money. I got bags of money. And so, because that was funny to me. I was like, I want Ross Perot. No, I, I switched to to Ralph Nader. Ah. So I, I wanted to do third party. I didn't really, I liked the two party system. This was my protest vote. Mm-hmm. Until until it was Bush Gore and my friend who was a little more po- politically minded was like, a vote for Nader is a vote for Bush. I said, what what difference does it make? I mean, how bad can somebody mess things up in four years? Mm-hmm. You, and honestly, this is your fault. I, I voted for Bush, which is bad, but you voted for a third party and that's worse. <laughs> How's that worse? I don't know. It's <laughs> not worse. You don't get off that easy. <laughs> you do not get off that easy. I was 18. <laughs> Does that make a difference? <laughs> um, so here's what I find fascinating. I, I, you know, I'm scrolling through CNN's chronology. Uh, the show, by the way, is Impeachment and American Crime Stories. So Netflix has been doing American Crime Stories, and the next one. Oh is... yeah, American True Crime. It's very well, going to be very well produced. That's right. I forgot it was about this. Yeah, and Beanie Feldstein is in it, so it could be interesting. You know, it's probably. I just think like. If you're Monica, this sucks, but that's not the point I'm trying to make. What do you, what you just inhaled sharply? Oh, I was about to say the exact opposite. If you're Monica, this sucks. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what her relationship to the story is or not, but I have a feeling it might be a little bit more balanced, like like a better representation or not. 
I, I wonder about Monica. I don't, and I don't know much, you know, about her. But what I can say say is that like she's weathered the storm in a way that like it's pretty. She's she's got some str- she's got some strength in her and some resolve to to still be. I, I don't know exactly what she does, but at least she's her activized presence... now. She's like you know she's she's an activist. She's used her name for good in that way. And she seems like she carries some clout. She's got some weight. You know, she's doing something. Um, and I think that's I think that's interesting in, in many ways. One, there's like there's plenty of people who would have just crumbled and whatever and faded. Um, but it says something about who she is. And it also says something about her relationship to this experience. Like, I bet she rode the line between the the sort of pain and suffering of it, but then also like, how to turn that into something positive, right? Like how to use that, how to know that that's like part of who she is, like you can't take that away and use it in a way that uh, has created sort of like a persona for her, right? Like like if you're smart about it, you're gonna be able to, I wonder how much of that is happenstance or is is her like, you know, being smart enough to be aware that that's the case and using it when she needs to, you know? I think you're exactly right that there's a, there's a, there's a point in this situation where she has to either live a life and figure out that this is part of her story and make it work for her, or you just don't do, you know, or you crumble because like, this is just, is it is what it is. Like sometimes there's all just, there's decisions we would all take back if we could, you know, even though we know that we learned a lot from those. Um, I, I I looked up to find out when the first sex tape, tape leak happened, and the first one was Pam and Tommy, but that one was stolen from them. Um, so she didn't, like, actively leak that. But then after the Monica Lewinsky thing, you have Paris Hilton getting the sex tape leaked, and then... Um, Kim Kardashian, who worked for P- Paris Hilton. So the, it, it turned into this way to become famous was people seeing you have sex or learning about you having sex, um, which is just insane. But that's how obsessed we are with sex. Um, I just was I, I was curious if that kind of kickstarted some brilliant, disgusting PR's brain going, if our client this person with money is shown having sex. We'll be, we'll be in the tabloids forever, you know, like based off of this whole obsession with what happened with Monica. So one thing I want to share about my experience as a youngin when this was mm-hmm. happening, what in my elementary school when this is happening? Crazy. Right? Well, uh, I'm I'm getting into middle school when the the trial is happening. So it's just, um, that's just like the perfect age for awareness and understanding of what's happening. You're not going to not hear about it, but also young enough to be like really impacted by it. Totally, you're right that it's impactful. But also, you know, in fourth grade, my teacher wheeled in a TV so that we could watch the OJ trial. So like those things, I learned a lot more about what was going on in the society at that time during the OJ trial and like the Rodney King stuff. I didn't realize like one of the initial trials happened to see me Valley, like two fucking miles up the, the freeway from us, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just interesting. Like things that 
were happening around us. I think I remember hearing like, you know, the Gulf Wars. I remember that, but I only remember it as like a blip. Like it doesn't even, I think it impacted other people differently or like was a big part of people's, but like that was a blip, but like OJ wasn't and Monica Lewinsky wasn't. Um, I'm looking at the chronology and it seems like this all comes out. I was curious, like why, who gives a fuck who the president fucks, right? But it seems like it all comes out in order to, uh, for lack of a better word that's coming to my mind, nail him for sexual harassment of other women. Oh, yeah. So it seems like, because that, it seems like that's what they're trying to get him for. It's like the first opportunity to go, uh, you know, I walked into the president's office and I came out assaulted and like, uh, who is it? Trip is doing all this shit. But the person that they refer to in this, I don't want to be, I don't want to be too. I don't want to be wrong about all this stuff, but um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll double check. But um, it does seem like, okay, well, Lewinsky is being subpoenaed, but somebody else was already like suing him for being, um, uh, for, for him assaulting her. Mm. When I, when this was happening, the spin was so good that we didn't even know if he actually had sex with her. We all we thought was her dress got dirty. <laughs> he might have stuck the cigar up her and that's it. Right? <laughs> like that's all we it's kind of like the same where like I I smoked but I didn't inhale, you know, like these mm-hmm. evasive tactics work to create reasonable doubt for us to go, well maybe they didn't even have sex. Mhm. And again, we're I'm, we're just young enough to go. I don't. We don't understand it enough. Like I wasn't raised to understand sex very easily. You know, like first time I heard the word virgin was watching Clueless. So it's not like I know. I know. Uh, you learn all everything you know about sex from Clueless. That's it. It really. It, it, you know, Cher was a virgin, so we learned a lot. She was a great protagonist. Well, that movie is based on a on a Emma. Um, <clears throat> Oh, oh, am I getting my movies mixed up? That's based on Emma? Okay. Yeah. yeah. The Jane uh, Jane Austen book. Yeah. I know, Emma. Thank you. I'm clarifying for our fucking audience. I know. I understand. You piece of shit. <laughs> uh, I just think, I guess that's just what I find interesting is like now I realize that she obviously, whether like coerced or not, she like had this seemingly consensual relationship with the president. They did a good job to make us, like, think, well, he didn't do anything wrong, you know. Um, but really, this seems like the crux of the problem was he was a harasser, you know, an abuser. It seems like it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then politics takes over and you got, you, you know, you got lots of spin. Spin you all around and upside down. Oh, yeah. And get my dress dirty. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the cigar? Where's the cigar press? <laughs> wow. What kind of cigar was it? It was Cuban. Cuban? How did he get a Cuban cigar? Oh, was it really? I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know what we just learned. Did we learn anything? Well, you didn't did you say like how it impacted you? Well, I think that was what I, I was that's what I was saying. Like what that was what I found. What is inter- what I found is interesting is that to this day I still don't think there was a an intensely explicit sexual relationship. That's how it. I'm amazed that that's how that worked on me. 
Got it. Oh, that is, I mean, that is interesting. I thought you were going to say like how it affected your view of sex somehow, Um, but but you didn't even know that they had sex. They did a good job, or at least my parents, maybe I was like asking clarification and like, and nothing was ever explicitly clear. And they, and that was also, she, you know, Monica Lewinsky was like, we didn't have sex. And, you know, then that's, that's the whole thing. That's the whole reason he gets impeached, right? It's because he committed perjury. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember when he was impeached, everyone going, well, that's not a big fucking deal. Like, yeah, he was impeached. You mm-hmm. know? Like, there's a lot of like, oh, well, whatever. Oh, well, whatever. Oh, well, whatever. I I will say, if I can remember properly, if I, if I, if I do remember properly, I think Monica was the, the villain in the story. Uh, she was for, definitely for villainized us. for, for, your, for yeah. us. Yeah. Well, if you're I don't, on the, well, as hmm. a young woman, you're hearing about someone, you know, seducing the president and, uh, ruining a relationship and stuff. Um, Jesus. you know, yes. like, That's yeah, we're totally villainized. We're, we're vict- vixens. And like, if you go to, if you're like a Christian at the time, which I was Catholic. And so we weren't talking about it at Catholic school or anything, but if you're a Christian, Women are the fucking devil, man. That's why women have to, like, not wear spaghetti straps and their skirts. Like, we have to change our... Yeah, because what the things you do to us is problematic. <laughs> we can't control ourselves. And I th- thought Nicholas. that we should know this. Nicholas! <laughs> You're the worst! But it's so true. I get it. I get it. I know what I do to men. <laughs> Look, it's biological. It's just what it is. So cover up. Okay, just... Toe. For anyone who doesn't get it, Nick is joking. <laughs> <laughs> and Nick is raising um, a young lady. <laughs> who never wears clothes. So. That's right. I Great. Couldn't, I couldn't get her in a full body suit if I tried. <laughs> Good thing you're not trying. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that were problematic. Like I'm I'm looking now and like remembering names. So Paula Jones. Uh, sued the president for sexual harassment charges, and that was the first time Lewinsky starts getting into the oh yeah uh, Paula public Jones. cycle. Yeah, there we go. These names are coming back. Right, and then I remember because SNL was making fun of it, Janet Reno. And do you remember how horrible we were as a society to Janet Reno because of how masculine she looked? Oh no, we made nothing but fun of Janet Reno. Wow. I'm looking her up just to get a... Yeah, Linda Tripp is the one who's like on this fucking crusade to ruin Bill. And I, it's too late. If you've been listening to this whole episode, you please know I didn't do any research. And I'm just... I'm not claiming to to understand anything I'm talking about. But, but it's such a huge cultural staple that it affects... I, I bet you... I bet. I wonder if Gen Z knows about it. I'm gonna have to do a poll. Well, they will after the show comes out. I'm, you know, I had, I never saw True Crimes OJ, which I probably should go back and watch it. And what was the second one they did? It was it Versace? What did they do? It's the Gucci one. No, oh, it was it Gucci? Gucci. But it might be House of Versace. It's just the one that uh, Gaga's in, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But but they do well. They do well, from my understanding. I haven't seen any of their stuff, but people speak well of their storytelling and their production value. So 
this is probably worth watching. I think this is a moment in time that that seems uh, informative of today. I might watch. I might watch this show. Yeah, because from what I, I watched half of the OJ thing, and it seems like they try to tell stories from all angles, right? Like just try to get as. But again, it's also it's also a TV show, right? Mm-hmm. It's also a TV show. And we're watching the story of some young woman who regrets the dicks that she sucked, basically. <laughs> you know, and as, as somebody who, I, for me right now, I'm actually trying to develop a story that is a true story. Mm. And through all, I've been, you know, working this for a while and through all my discussions, there definitely is a, sometimes a, look, this is TV, so we can make whatever happen we want to have happen to suit our story. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. So, you know, <laughs> and and on oftentimes that's more desirable than when you come into a room and you're like, I would really love to do be as accurate as we possibly can. And that that gets people nervous. They're like, I don't know. Right. That's putting putting some constraints on us. So it's just a norm in terms of like, we're going to bend this to our needs. Right. You know, right. And it's not even necessarily a, an agenda, although there may be an agenda, like in terms of the theme and the storyline. Sometimes it's just more about like what makes what makes it exciting, what makes a good character arc. How do we get, you know, because sometimes life doesn't totally fit the the three act structure of a right. film, you know. Right. <laughs> so I, I'm gonna make a guess that Monica comes out looking pretty good, right? I don't think that we make that story now without empowering her sexually, you know. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, you get they would get roasted for it. Yeah, we uh, today like something today, I learned yeah. uh, recently. I was listening to a mythology podcast, and they shared like a story when Hercules meets the Amazons. And if you don't know the Amazons, which we all do culturally from like Wonder Woman, etc., the Amazons existed as a cautionary tale in Greek mythology. This is what happens when a woman doesn't listen to the man and doesn't uh, want to be beholden to the man. Because at the time, it was obviously a very strong patriarchy, i.e. Zeus, etc. He could have sex with whoever he wanted. Um, And the man ran the household. And the Amazons were the contingency of women that didn't want that. So they ran their own island, essentially. But the stories, it wasn't, the, the things didn't end well for the Amazons. Um, and women weren't meant to emulate it. It was supposed to be like, oh, this is actually bad. But in the last however many years that the stories have been used and flipped to be a power in, uh, in story of empowerment and stuff. So they, they're flipping the, the narrative. So because um, it suits us today. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was fascinating. So Monica Lewinsky is an Amazon woman. <laughs> Gal Gadot plays a a uh, small role, a little cameo as her sister from the island, right? Uh huh. So this would also make Monica a, a Wonder Woman type, a superhero too. Right? Uh, or maybe she's like the bastard daughter who like oh, never got get, the powers. She didn't get the powers. Yeah, yeah that's right. So Wonder she Woman to, was special. She, she just sucks a dick to get power, you know? Ah, uh, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, she used she used a, the an age old technique, right? I, I think she, yeah, no, I think she's the victim here. <laughs> I still think she's the victim. But you're right, she's certainly made uh, semen into lemonade. <laughs> Not my best moment. 
Nick, we yes. you know we have a Patreon, right? We do, and we're really filling it up with a lot of content, uh, which is what is fantastic. Me. You motherfucker. <laughs> no, that's not I'm a, doing all this That was this not work. a shot at you. That was a shot at myself. We're doing uh, our best. We have people that support us. And if we can get these episodes in early, they get them earlier. Uh, if we can get to ever do these extra podcasts that we promise, they get those only, you know, like the deep dives or the MCU, if you ever watch an MCU movie. Um, things are changing in my life where things will open up. I doubt it. So... But they also get, you know, if you subscribe at a certain tier, you also get like swag. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about them. But they can always complain to me if they want. Uh, but we actually, one of the things that we offer sometimes is questions. If someone has a question for us, and we got a question this week, and I think this is a good way to, to wrap us out. Oh, is great! This, is this question? Uh, Emily Whitney asks, "What has been your most millenn?" Uh, actually, I'm going to say Emily W asks. What has been your most millennial or Gen X moment, respectively? So, like, what would be your millennial, most millennial moment, probably, and what would be my most Gen X moment? Or, yeah. I yeah? That... <laughs> I would assume it was the other way. Uh, we can choose to interpret this question however we want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you start. <laughs> I, my, the way I assumed it, this question is, yeah, maybe I could have my most millennial moment and Gen X moment. But I think it's, since I'm a millennial, my most Gen X moment is uh, – I, I don't have the answer to that. But my thought is like somewhere on the – like probably purchasing vinyl, like store, like somewhere like going, I only buy vinyl or I only buy – oh, 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 here's, here's mine. Here's mine. Gen X influence is what I'll call it. When I released my first solo album, it was all just demos and songs that I had recorded on my phone that I wasn't going to ever fully develop past a certain point. So I just said, you know, let me release it. So I picked out of like 100 snippets of songs or full songs that I just even forgot how to play. I put eight together. And the quality, because it was on an iPhone at the time, wasn't great. But it kind of had like this cool, you know, warm... Uh, crunchy feeling to it and I recognized so, so I did release it online but I made 50 cassettes that people could buy if they wanted to so I, I cut out I cut out like something from like an old fairy tale book I would cut out like these very art nouveau pieces paste it onto like the cassette cover and I, I wrote each title out Jessica chapter one and it was all in you know these Art Nouveau style fonts it was gorgeous I thought they were gorgeous and so like I think I sold 30 of them which people were very supportive and then I still have a couple um, and then I would leave the rest in like coffee shops in Echo Park I mean I remembered stuff like that so so yeah, I think it had that, like I a think... zine feel, you know, uh, to that to that same zine point though. When uh, AOL started coming around, you know how like people would make zines and like uh, draw like stuff or like write articles and uh, Xerox it and share it. Did that ever happen? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I know what that is, but yes, I yeah. 
it was a thing. And I, I, I was never part of like a circle that did that. But I started um, <laughs> an email chain zine. I was like, I don't even remember what it was called. But I was I, I, like, I remember having like 10 or 15 Z- subscribers. A zine chain? Like a zine. Well, it was, it was an email. Like mm-hmm. people got a weekly email about... Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears and here's like the color of the week and you know I just designed all these emails for people for like a whole two months <laughs> wow. so like I, I made like the first e easy easy but I remember I stopped because when I did an article about Britney Spears I spelled it b-r-i-t-t-a-n-y and someone emailed me and goes that's not how you spell Britney Spears and I was like I'm a failure <laughs> Oh no! Yeah. If I That's had only when... kept it going, I would have had this huge following. Well, yeah. Well, then, yeah. Now it would be like, oh my god, did you get did you get just as easy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would it would it would have snowballed it into something huge, I'm sure. Oh, be big. I mean, I'd I'd probably be subscribed to it. We uh, probably all would be by accident, <laughs> just because we it's been around that long. Then at some point, you would have to release a sex tape. Then that would really catapult it to the front I'm too line. old now for that to work, but you're totally right. At that point, yeah. it would have been perfect. You would have done it because you would have been like, oh, how do I take this to the next level? Because I wouldn't have had a soul is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You or like, moral background. I got to get this easing out there. To the next uh, level. No matter what it costs. Right. No matter what it takes. Here's my cigar take. <laughs> What's your millennial G-zine? Oh man, I mean, I mean the one that comes to mind, and and this is interesting because I guess it's yeah, I guess it would be classified as what what I would think of millennial, like what I and maybe you know raising my daughter. I guess I always had it imagined in my head of like how good I was going to be about not being on my phone and like creating space around the dinner table and having these you know having these moments where you know, we're really focused on her development and all that stuff. Um, But maybe because I had her later in life and now technically technology is such a huge part of our life. It's ridiculous. I mean, I got my phone on me all the time. She's, she's right there. I mean, I just know that she's just going to think that life is about being on your phone. I'm just waiting for that. Um, You know, I don't, you know, put her to bed and I got my phone in my pocket and, you know, um, it's, yeah, it's, I, you know, I try to be mindful and cautious of it, but maybe it's also this past year with COVID where it's just like, you're just constantly on your phone. Uh, or at least I, I, at least I have been. Um, so there's just no shame around it. And I'm like, what am I doing to my child? Like, she's just, she just thinks that this is what life is. Right. That your phone is an integral part of your life. Um, whereas as a, you know, as a Gen Xer, I don't, I like, I'd be like, like, look down on that type of thing. I'm not. You know, in the past, like, no, no, I would never do that. I know. Um, so I don't know if that's actually a millennial thing or that's just what is happening right now. It's a society. It's, it's a societal a, thing for sure. You know. Um, but it feels as though because I waited later to have kids that I'm it's more a part of how I raise my kids than had I had kids earlier. Right. It would be, it would sure. be a totally different sure. thing. So in a sense, I think it qualifies as a millennial moment. I think there's probably better ones out there, but you're, I think you're certainly because you're having kids now, 
whether you're a Gen X or Xennial, you're you're in the millennial parent contingency, probably. Yeah, that yes, that's a good way of putting it, right? Yeah, because you're gonna if you're gonna get like emails about like you were saying how you got an email about like your daughter should be at your child should be at this stage if they're this many months, mm-hmm. like that's a very millennial thing. Not that Xennials aren't getting those, but they're not quite having kids yet. No. <laughs> You're a Xennial. They were having kids a little bit sooner than you were. Oh, maybe. Xennial. I'm sorry. I was thinking Gen Z. Totally. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Like if you're a Gen X or a Xennial, you probably had kids already, right? And you, your kid is a little – I mean, that being said, though, your age group is waiting longer. Definitely my age group is waiting longer. But even just a few years ago, it could have been a little bit different. It would have been more – I think it would have been more of a – a little bit more of a choice? I guess it's still I a choice. I don't know. I don't know. Think about how long we've had an iPhone and iPads and computers. It would have been the same. I, I think it's hard to imagine life without an iPhone, even though I can clearly remember life without an iPhone. But we, but the second we had an iPhone or a, a fucking phone that could take pictures and text, it's been glued to our hands. So it's hard to say. But it's been so exponential. And it could really be this past year... But from, you know, and then I'm, I'm working from home and, and, um, you know, always, you know, quarantining and all that stuff. But that, that phone is in my hand constantly. I mean, I don't even go to, like, if I want to look something up, I don't go to my computer. If I want to take notes, I do it on my phone. It's like, I should probably make that transition. It's just try to do more on, more on a screen, on a computer screen. But, um. But you said this too before, you're super present all the time with Clem. And if you didn't have your phone, you probably weren't going to get stuff done. Well, yeah, there's, <laughs> that's exactly true. Yeah. And I think that's okay. Uh, but she's, you know, this is a testament to the, uh, to the iPhone designers. Like she gets it. She's just like, <laughs> I know yeah. it's amazing. It's amazing. I think I told you the story. I don't know if I did, but my friend Scott and his wife Chris—they're the ones who had bubbles and soaps, bubbles and things soaps. And his book is naming your little child. You're naming your little geek, and uh, I love their children. They have a seven and a three-year-old, and the three-year-old has started taking everyone's phone and like scrolling through pictures without like asking, like, "Oh, can I take a picture?" Sure, and then starts opening up like the Facebook. Or like the photo rolls. And you told me this, like how your Clem loves looking at pictures of herself. And so it makes a lot of sense, right? They're just like, oh, now mm-hmm. I understand. So I let him use my phone to take a picture or something. Or maybe I didn't even know. But like earlier in the day, it was like, here, take my phone. Take a picture. And then next thing I know, later in the day, he's I see him looking at my phone. Or I don't even know because I'm like talking to the other kid. And he, he faces my phone to me. And it's a picture of me in my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, this one's cool. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're so right, Max. Let me have that back. <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful. And they scroll, they'll yeah. scroll deep too. Like, don't just like spin, scroll. That next picture scene. was from months ago. Months I, ago. <laughs> so he he went, he got, he missed the good ones. But it was, it was funny that he was like, this is a cool pic. And I was like, you know what? You're right. It is. Give me that fucking phone. <laughs> They'll find it. If it's in your phone, they'll find it. It's amazing. Oh, man. I, I need amazing. to scour through my phone because there's, uh, yeah, I don't know what, I just don't know, like, what, you know, like some some friend of yours sent you some NSFW pick. Look at me. I'm using the, the acronyms. Um, 
and it either you saved it to your phone for some reason or you were you know or or it was like one of those like whatsapp where it like automatically saves to your phone so you have these random ridiculous gifts or whatever in your phone she finds them so i'm just like oh no anyway, give me that one back let me just wow just wow de- just delete that there wow. was one where she loves she loves looking at at dogs she loves dogs yeah fair fair and, and do you remember do you remember that old um, app where like, it's still around where like you could take any picture and tell it where the, its mouth was, and then you would speak, and it would look like the thing. Sure, was I don't think I ever got it, but it, it's like it's a filter. Yeah, you can. Yeah, so so the dog is speaking in a high pitched voice. It's up on, it's up on its hind legs, so it's you know it's just all hanging out. Oh my goodness! Um, and uh, and I just I I think I was sending sending to a friend, and I was like, look at my dick. It's a good dick, isn't it? Oh my God, Nicholas! <laughs> Nicholas! No! <laughs> and she finds this dog. She's like, "Look at the cute dog." I was like, "No!" <laughs> Yikes on bikes! Oh man! Wow! Father of the year. Look at my dick. Look at my little dick. I'm a dog. <laughs> so bad. So, so bad. The moral of the story is. Uh, don't have your, kids. Don't have kids. Yeah, don't that's kids. the one. That's then you can one. have whatever pictures you want. In Great. No, because then your accident, your mom's going to scroll through. It's not going to be good. <laughs> There's all sorts of things. Well, Nick, I think that does it for today. Um, what's yeah. your take? What's your takeaway? Times they are changing. Oh, I mean, what's kind of the takeaway is that look. Well, what are we talking about? We talked about coffee. We talked about coffee. We, we talked, talked about, about hookah. hookahs. Hookahs. Monica Lewinsky and um, dog and dog dick pics. Dog dicks. But, uh, <laughs> just you could take anything and turn it into something that's generational. You know what I mean? So it that just, means we're gonna have a podcast forever. Are you committed to this podcast for life? Is that what you're saying? That's your takeaway. Oh, but my contract runs up soon, so we're gonna have to. That's right. So uh, just send your. Uh, Resume to Jessica Verdi Business at gmail.com. We are looking for another host. <laughs> oh, I'd love to see these applications. Can yeah, actually, you... please do send them in. And I'll help you choose. Oh, I'll fuck you, you dude. Good night. <laughs> Bye, Nick. <laughs> Bye, Jess. Nichols, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Nick and I really love doing this podcast for you. We love doing it together. We love talking about what the generational experience is like from different perspectives. And we really look forward to hearing from different things that you have to contribute to us as well. If you become a patron today, you could ask us questions if you're at a certain tier. You can get early access to episodes if we're able to get them done in time for you. You'll get sick-ass merch. And if we can find the time... A monthly deep dive where Nick and I go deep on topics that we're passionate about but aren't necessarily through the generational lens. Become a patron today. Become an official Nickel. Go to patreon.com slash you don't own Nick to find out more ways you can support our podcast. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Nickels. That was a JLV production.